Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them. We think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. How's it going? Oh, that is the wrong window. Oh, that's a lot of Steven. That's a lot of me. I'm liking it. I'm liking Are it you? subscribing. Here I am, everybody. I am. Steven has control of me. I'm his little puppet. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that All got right, really weird. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? That got that got really strange. Good man, good chilling. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I, I'm good. It's a hot one. I have been working my yard, as I say, meaning mowing the grass and weed whacking. Yeah, you got a haircut. I did. I did. Look, fresh cut. I had to make my great clips appointment and wear my mask while they cut my hair, but it happened. You made an appointment at Great Clips? Well, you have to make an appointment. You have to. Or at least check. I did an online little check-in. You have to do that. So they oh, okay. expect you. Got it. Yes. Uh, and they made me wait outside. <laughs> and then they called me back. <laughs> oh, but yeah. It, it did feel good because I was getting like, as the, it's like 90 degrees over here in Hampton Roads, like, and for the past couple of days. And like, when I had that bro, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm right. dying. I can right. feel the back of my now, neck. I have a back of the neck now. Do you have a preferred uh, stylist? Is that what they call them at Great Clips? Uh, I think it's like Subway. They call them hair artists. <laughs> hair no, artists. I don't. Okay. I, I literally go, how soon can I leave? As soon as I walk in. There, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> what are you drinking, buddy? You I see a big stein. Um, this is uh, Bots to the Yard. Oh, very nice. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I do need um, to pick some up, man. I have to get my O'Connor's fix on. Uh, I am going yeah, to be, for the first time, haven't had this one before, this is the Bitburger Triple Hopped Lager, the collab with Sierra Nevada. So it's a collab of a German brewery and a, um American brewery, obviously. And, uh, we're gonna see how it goes. Nice, man. That's yeah. awesome. Have you had anything else new and exciting? Beer wise, uh, I had a uh, unless I mentioned this last time, I got some um, some uh, crowlers of uh, Throne of Bones from uh, Reaver Beach. It's that double mm. IPA. It is really good, real really tasty. Um, so I picked up a few of those crowlers. I've been having uh, more three notch stuff. I bought a bunch of beer over the like when I did groceries and just to just try stuff I haven't had before. So I have um. Some of that 1985 hazy from New Belgium. I'm going to try that out. So, oh, okay. Yes. So yeah. I'm just going to see what happens. Um, try to think if there's anything like spectacular I had. There's nothing that comes to mind besides that throne of, throne of bones, which is really really good. Yeah, right. We'll check that out. How about you? Right. I had some papaya uh, proven theory. Um, Ooh, that which was really good. good. I think I still prefer OG proven yeah. theory, but okay. Um, it was pretty good part of their jubel juice series where they just like stuff it with fruit that is fun to say yeah. <laughs> jubel jubel juice oh hip-hop three yeah um, you told me you love that they, one they, i haven't found it yet yeah they finally have it back in stock at o'connor's so. okay because uh, i went to make an online order i didn't see it up there but maybe maybe they've got it oh it time. might be out again oh, <laughs> they they <laughs> were they were release. cruising through it man yeah yeah um I did have that Apex Predator that, that we talked about last time. I really like that Saison. That's a good one. It's a good, like, yeah. here is the Saison. Um, mm -hmm. It has that nice, you know, farmhouse ale taste without being too funky for me, because I right. 
I have a low tolerance for the funk, but uh, I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Really cool can art, too. Well, good. Um, good. I don't know if you saw, uh, but Smart Mouth, they have that Notch 9, uh, that double IPA that they release, um, which I am right. a fan of. Uh, they have a mango variant of it out that they're releasing, which looks like it could be good. Be interested to oh, interesting. check that out. I haven't been there obviously in a long time. Uh, they also have a sour that they release, but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I just know it's coming out with this double I- double IPA with mangoes. Is it a part of their Scooby series? Uh, I don't think so. It looks separate. Uh, okay. I, yeah. So I'd have to. I don't know. Smart was bumping this past weekend. Oh yeah. Do they? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Because they, they have, have the warehouse up open because it, it counts as an outside right. area. That warehouse is pretty nice. I need to go to uh, O'Connor's for their beer garden because they have a really nice outdoor area as well. They've extended it out into the parking lot too. Oh, cool. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, they added because obviously they can't have all those tables close together. So yeah. um, they added in, I want to say like four or six tables uh, to the parking lot and then they, they space them out more. Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm still like, you know, it, it dealing internally with like, how do I deal with going back out into the world? Sure. Um, no, that totally makes sense. And uh, like, I, I'm still not comfortable going like and sitting down at Benchtop. Yeah. I don't. Are they open uh, at all? Or are they? Because mm-hmm. their, yeah, their patio is open. Okay, cool. Okay, got it. I didn't know if they had any of the inside stuff because it's, it's. No. <laughs> I don't know well, if you can get six feet away from anyone in Benchtop. <laughs> Oh, I have a update on my Drizzly order. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, did you not get it in yet? So, supposed to arrive two weeks ago now. It was supposed to arrive, like, this previous Thursday, Thursday. Okay. I check, and it's like, oh, it's coming. I said, okay, sweet. In the pickup notes, it's like, you know, someone 21 or older has to be there, right? Because you have to show ID to show that you right. can, you're actually old enough to buy this beer. So the day goes on, and I'm, I, you know, you do the thing you do, right, where you're checking it, like, every couple hours, like, uh, where's this at? Yeah, right? I have my face plastered on the window, just looking out for a delivery guy. <laughs> it's on the truck. They've, they've got the, the map now. It's like Amazon, where you can, like, see where it is on the map. Right. And you can see what, like, ludicrous routes UPS runs. They, they <laughs> drove by my house at least four times. <laughs> so it was, like, scheduled to be delivered at 4.30. So I went downstairs and sat. Because obviously they can't get upstairs, and I was not taking the, this risk. Right? right. Sure, sure. So I'm sitting down, and I sit down there for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just playing Switch. Never shows up. <laughs> I'd be so mad. So, so, so then, right? Uh-huh. I get back upstairs, and I'm like, oh, it still says it's pending. Mm. So I was like, like, whatever. It'll, it'll show up. Right? It has to show up. <laughs> at 7 o'clock at night, I get a, we attempted to deliver your package notification. Oh, that's some BS, because you were down there ready to receive. <laughs> but guess when the failed delivery was at? I don't know. 11.30 in the morning. What? <laughs> that's what I said. I said, so on the one of the eight times that you went up and down this street, you decided to, to oh, let's just see if this works. So it was the one time I was pissed off at UPS for dropping off my package too early. So then it, it got, uh, since it, it's an ID pickup thing, they can't store it. So they, it returned to sender. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah. no! They can't leave it in the warehouse for you to get. Oh, that sucks, Mm-mm. man, dude. So I contacted Drizzle or Drizzly mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. Drizzle, yeah. Drizzle. I don't know. I wrote Drizzly, yeah. but yeah, it's probably Drizzle. So I wrote them. And I was like, "Hey, like, what's what's up? Like, what's happening here?" And they're like, "Oh, no, no, we'll look into it and, and and send you a new one." Right? Okay. So three days go by. 
I'm getting thirsty just li- listening to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I should probably follow up with them, right? Yeah. Let's go to follow up. Can't log into my account. So, hmm, this is strange. Try to reset my password. Nope. Nothing. Mm. So I spend 10 minutes trying to find their phone number, which is hard to do. It's not one eight hundred. Because they're all like, oh, just email us. Just email okay. us. I'm like, no. Right, right. I'm calling you. <laughs> so I want to complain so I call my them, voice. Right? Somehow, apparently I had created my account in the midst of a glitch. They're not allowed to ship to Virginia yet. What? I said, I said, what do you mean you can't ship to Virginia? They're like, well, we don't, we don't, we're not registered as in the ABC for Virginia. So we can't ship to Virginia. So you're telling me that I ordered this. You, your system said that I could do this. And now you're saying that you can't. And not only that, they sent it to you and then got it back. <laughs> right. Exactly. I said, so what would have happened if I would have just had it? Yeah. Like. You would have gotten in trouble. They're like, oh, it's, just, it's a miracle. I was it's like, oh a miracle? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we can put you on the alert list for when we do become available in Virginia. And I said, when's that going to be? In eight years? Mm-hmm. Was like, <laughs> you would think that, you'd think that right now will be the one time that you want to be in every state. Yeah. And I thought we opened up for that kind of nonsense. But I guess they have to register. And either way, it's right. a miracle you didn't get your order. <laughs> We're keeping right, your money. Exactly. Exactly. The only way this could have been worse is if the UPS driver went by, like, with your beer and chugged it and then threw the empty can at you. That's the only <laughs> way it could be worse. <laughs> they, uh, they gave me this rigmarole about how you know, it's going to take five to eight business days to get, you know, to refund your account. And I said, I understand the bank's going to take a while, but you better yeah, not you take should, any time. You should be like, there's a button. You got to press like, it. Like, oh, well, it's got to go through all these approvals. And I said, no, absolutely not. It's already been, it's in your warehouse. The package is back at you. <laughs> so that oh, is the man. update on the Drizzly order. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot reorder it. So there's that. That's frustrating. Well, it's very frustrating. There we go. Not only is it frustrating, it's like, it's, it's kind of disheartening because I was like, I was looking forward to this, to this batch of beer, yeah. as it were. And you sat outside um, waiting for it and it didn't happen. Well, that's fine. I was playing Switch. Yeah, so. uh, okay. That's yeah. There you go. But man, I would be um livid. So yeah, that is my drizzly story. It's drizzle a good one. Story. I'm well, it it ends up bad for you. It's a miracle. <laughs> but it ends It's up bad a miracle. <laughs> it is drizzly just for uh, the, it's uh, drizzly. <laughs> it's drizzly. Well, sorry, buddy. So then I started looking up, right? I started looking up like other craft beer delivery Yeah, that's what we got to do. We they, right? we need to find one, yeah. None of them currently ship to Virginia. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. But Adroit is shipping. They're in Virginia, so they, they can ship to... Yeah, okay. they're registered ABC there we Virginia. Go. We can get that. So. And their, their stuff's awesome. Well, um, besides not being able to get said beer, has there been any, uh, any fun games or any activities that you've partaken in over the last couple of weeks? I'm getting really deep into Civ, unfortunately. I don't think it's unfortunate at all. I am a big <laughs> fan of that game. Well... Yes, it's it's a fantastic game. However, when you spend, you know, six hours playing it in one yeah. sitting, it is a time traveling game. Like you look up and days have passed, and you don't real like. It, well, at least when I play it, I'm like, how did I just play that for five hours? How did right. that happen? I didn't realize I have it on the Switch too, so it's like a completely, oh, yeah. completely new ball game. Um, 
is it cross plat like does your progress move from one device to another or or is it not doesn't work that way? So the so the save files don't transfer over. Okay. Um but you can cross play. I see. That's cool. Very nice. But yeah. I couldn't imagine playing on the Switch for six hours. No. And plus like is the layout different? Because the screen on the on that little screen and all the information, I would lose my mind. Um it's it is different. Like don't okay. get me wrong, it's different, but it's it's not like it's not so crazy different that um, that it's not not doable, you know. Because I have to take my monitor and like put it right in my face because <laughs> the numbers are so small. Why don't you increase the text size? I'll try that next time, Stephen. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> and then uh, once I'm able to read the game, maybe we can play it with Spencer for a community game night, as he suggested. That would be fun. That would be fun. Hey, do you do you like Civ multiplayer? I did well. I played it with you, uh, and I enjoyed that very much. Um, it mm. does feel different than playing yeah. playing the the full on just because it goes by so quick. I feel like the right. only thing that really changes is the amount of times you get to use your units. You know, like when you're playing slow and you have more and more turns between choosing your next thing, that you, your your guys get more turns to move around said map. Right, dude. When I, I so obviously I played Civ on stream last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, chat decided I needed a space victory. I got stuck on one continent with the Japanese and uh, the Brazilians. Okay. And you know, Brazil is always like combat heavy, right? They're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to mess you up. Right. So I had to focus on my military a little bit, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we get towards the end of the game and I'm like, I'm cranking. I'm, I'm Sweden has taken over the entire other continent. I am, uh, I am fighting with them for space superiority. We get to the what I didn't know would be the final turn, and I won via a diplomatic victory. And I was so upset, <laughs> so upset that I had won through a diplomatic victory because I tried. I tried my hardest to win over science. Right, right, right. That, that one's tough, though. That's a, so I've only won, I've lost other ways, but I've only won with culture and domination but i don't have the expansion that gives you that diplomatic victory so i haven't messed with that what what is that one i don't know which one it is i got the entire season one pass for like 30 bucks oh that's right damn forgot to look that up yeah well, that's cool uh, i do want to check out that what is it dead planet or whatever that other alternate play oh red death red death yeah that looks interesting alternate planet what <laughs> i just said two words back to back i knew there was a color involved but that's about it Angel and i played uh, some hefty rounds of Uno. Oh, was Pan Pan involved? Uh, Pan Pan was not involved. No. Good. Uh, so th there's actually an unlock for advanced AI. Oh. Uh, I think it just changes their names, personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho, we got really deep into it, and we were trying to determine like what the best like card set was. Okay. Um, and I think, I personally, I think that the best card set is um, the Rabbids one. You like the abilities that it adds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it adds it adds a like a deflect. So okay. if someone if someone's playing a plus two on you, you can play this deflect card and it bounces it back to them, right? Um you can play a uh like basically it's a card that lets you see another player's hand. Oh, that's neat. And then it hides your hand from everybody else. You can play a card that is basically like a bomb. So the next time that somebody draws cards, uh, they draw more cards. And then the one that I think is like the best is 
it's kind of like a it's like it's a catch-up thing right but it's basically it takes everyone's cards and then redraws them out oh so like evenly like it redistributes evenly them? yep oh cool mm-hmm. yeah that does that i did like the rabbits when we played i didn't really like the what is it dance dance revolution one too much or whatever just dance or oh yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. made me feel uncomfortable <laughs> I don't know. I'm just was like, it? Did happening? you feel like you're having a seizure? Or? Yes. Yes. It's a lot of flashing lights. A lot of things happening very fast, and everything is very loud. I gotcha. It was yeah, disorienting. What's your favorite civilization to play as? From Spencer Island zero six. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite is Brazil, but that's because all the all of its uh, music is <laughs> classical guitar. So I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's tough, man. I think in so in the base game, I'd probably have to say probably Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, that, that, that is a pretty good one. I think that's a good one. That one in um, England are pretty good to like start with because their abilities aren't like bananas out there crazy. Like they're decently straightforward. I also just like the Highland unit. Is that what they're called? The Highland or the, the gunmen or whatever they're called? Uh, the cowboy guys? Yeah. Those yeah, guys are cool. the Rough Riders. Rough Riders. That's it. Rough yeah. Riders. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And they're like super strong in their in their like area, right? Like they get like a, a right a bonus. They get a bonus inside of the area, and I think they get bonus movement inside the area too. Yeah, yeah. That that is a good. That is definitely a good one. My favorite expansion race is definitely Genghis Khan. Ooh man, I gotta check out them expansions. That does yeah, sound dude. fun. So yeah, Rise and Fall, I think I think it's Rise and Fall the one that's the one that adds the diplomatic. So if you just want to get one and not not all of them. But yeah, take a look. Video games that I've been playing, I've been getting into Darkest Dungeon, because I got that uh last week or something like that. That game is brutal. It is it is quite yeah. tough. Uh, I do love the artwork of it though. It is pretty fun. I got the circuits expansion and one of the extra um classes that adds like a rifleman to it. Uh but it's uh it's a tough one. 2D Diablo-esque, ver- like, Dark Souls type game where you're, you're, like, just gonna lose. Right. But it is it is really fun. If you're a fan of, like, side-scrolly, retro-looking games, but the combat reminds me sort of a bit, like, JRPG-esque. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of the art style. Oh, you know, it's The so art cool. style reminds me of, like, that, that, like, classic, like, 80s RPG, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the animation and the effects are really cool, too. Yeah, exactly. Yes, super cool game. Would would definitely recommend to uh to Oh, they have merch. Oh, cool. The soundtrack is really good. Have you ever played AI Dungeon? I have not. No, I'm not familiar with AI Dungeon. Sounds like a another like RPG dungeon crawler type thing, mm-hmm. I had to guess from the name. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. So it's free to play. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> I don't like seeing two grown men making funny faces saying create your own fantasy next to it that's not <laughs> no why not that's not create your own romance create... mm. oh there you go create your own all right so what is this now anything you express in language can be done hmm bleeding edge ai technology oh boy i don't know where this is going steven <laughs> oh ai dungeon 2 oh oh you'll have to check this out oh man it's like it's like a text thing okay okay cool yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, that is that is super old school. I like that. Very cool. Yeah, we should do that live one day. What What's your take on on text based RPGs? I mean, I haven't played one in a long time, but I remember back in the day, I was a fan of them. Uh, the ones where you have to like type in like pick up sword uh, and to like you right. know, have that in your inventory. 
And then when I was, you know, when you're a kid, you mess around with like game creation engines and stuff. Text based was yeah. always the way I started just to learn that whole like, um, what's it? Just the logic gates basically like the on and off and yes and no and those right. things uh but yeah those are all super fun um there was one that oh i wish i remembered the name of it but there was one that i played that was really can really difficult but but really uh well written because that's the thing man if it's poorly written you're like mm, <laughs> i don't think i can devote any more time to this <laughs> oh dude you remember uh dark sun but yeah the uh old uh tsr setting yeah and it was a, it was a dos game oh yeah okay cool yeah i had yeah dagger dale or whatever that old school one was where it was like it was like 2d graphics but you're moving in 3d it's like you know you're walking through this maze of things but it's like really oh like the um like doom mm-hmm. but it's not even like animated like doom is it's like one screen then you're at the next screen and then you turn right and it's a different screen and <laughs> so it's it's like the uh the old like ti-84 exactly exactly yeah <laughs> the one that i played was uh, shattered lands that sounds cool and so it was like a top-down type ah, of thing i gotcha it it was like diablo before diablo came out Ooh, so. i see the dark sun there there yeah it was super cool i think i god i think this was one of my first video games i played actually yeah 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 they had some good ones um tsr actually had like uh some pretty good implementations back in the day the Dragonlance game, not so much, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that was the regular uh, NES. That was like, a hard uh, fail. Yeah, not not the best. I actually learned about Dragonlance through that NES game before I read the books. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I'm like, what is this? It has dragons and wizards. It sounds like it was made for me. And then I'm like, oh, it's right. a book series? Good, because that game was garbage. <laughs> 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 Any other games you've been playing besides Civ? Uh, a lot of Warcry. Has it, was that, is that on Tabletop Simulator? or Nope. Playing by myself. Oh, there you go. One player Warcry. Did you win? <laughs> Funny enough, I won. Yay! Good <laughs> job! <laughs> it's, it, it, I find it to be good practice. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's nice and relaxing isn't the right word. It takes my brain like off of things. Oh, sure. Because I have to focus on it, right? Because I'm focusing on two armies and like... What would I do if I didn't know what they had? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, though, because I find I find that I'm learning more about, like, my warbands this way, because I'm, like, I'm having to remember what my warband does in between turns. That makes sense. You know how, like, when you're, like, when you're playing Magic, right, and you're playing up against another deck, mm -hmm. you don't know what every single one of their cards does. You know what they're going to do. I don't know what every single one of my cards are, Steven. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why you're so good good is a strong word remember that time i forgot to put lands in my deck <laughs> uh it's not that you forgot to put them in you just took them all out right i sideboarded out all my mana sources because that's what winners do but yeah so i i've been uh, i've been toying with a bunch of like different terrain options and just finding like different ways to you know i've, I've got a bunch of like ruins terrain and and uh, trees and stuff and so just finding a way to like mesh them all together so it makes sense and really finding like what I like. And I, I determined I hate like the just the forest look. Okay. For not aesthetically, but just gameplay because it doesn't do anything. It's just like dudes hanging out in a forest shooting each other. Doesn't add any cover or anything like that. It adds cover, but it's just like, oh, I'm going to peek out, out from inside this tree and shoot you. And I'm going <laughs> to shoot back. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, um. It's it's not very cinematic. I can see that, and and 
that's that's the part I really like about it. So I I I like mixing in like the trees with some vertical um, terrain. Have you been working on your modular sets of that, or is that basically what you're discussing right now? Is the, uh, the different terrain you're experimenting with? Oh, you mean the the table? Yeah. So I have not started the table project yet. I was getting ready to start it, and then we got into kill team. It was the whole thing. Yep. So, I understand. Um, it's still on the docket. I need to finish. I've got some. It's like really mechanical. It almost looks like a uh, like a factory from like Scythe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's, it has that like like steampunky look to it. Oh, you know what it looks like? It looks like the factory that's in Lord, League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, I yeah, yeah, the Sean Connery one back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's it, it's got like the big like the big like silos that then are connected by like you know these big metal you know railings and stuff. That that does sound cool. I've got a box and a half of that stuff. It's all together and it's all base coated, and so I just need to go back and finish it up. So once that's done, that'll be my last big terrain piece I have to to put together, and then I'm I'm gonna get started on on the boards. Very so. cool. Very cool. Did you ever get your um uh new airbrush in yet? Or is that with your drizzly order? <laughs> so that actually isn't shipped yet. The place I ordered it from was having some like COVID nineteen word delaying shipments type of thing. So right. hopefully I'll I'll get it soon. But yeah, man. Um, not a stressful thing for me right now. So because right. right. you solve your other one and you're you're liking that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And again, the only the only real problem is that I have to switch out needles, which isn't like the worst thing in the world. It's just you know, first world problems. <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. I, I am excited to see the new one. I want to just have you with both and just... And then you got to make my t-shirt. Why would I do this? You spray paint everywhere. That's what I would do immediately. Yeah. That's how they work. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you use your finger. You don't use your entire fist. Oh, I figure they were just like hoses of paint. <laughs> It's not like you're painting the outside of your house. Okay. I imagine like a pressure washer kind of situation. <laughs> sure. At, at, at like 28 PSI. Yeah. You're like, like you have the minute <laughs> just shoots out of your hand. Ooh, That's why I need two of them. Right. So I can like, I can keep it hovered yeah. in midair. <laughs> you just bash it with these hoses of paint. Oh boy. All right. You're going to get the Lord of Skulls. The Lord of Skulls, Spencer, while wonderful. Oh, you're going to have to put this on the screen for me. So this is the Lord of Skulls. Holy crap. So he's part of the Blades of Corn. Again, you do you, Buckaroo, but I don't think this fits in with your orc army. I think that's an army unto itself. That's nuts looking. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I would also probably wait for the 9th edition rules, Spencer, before we make any big decisions like, like that. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with his, uh, what is that, a turret placement, but, you know, it's what it is. Hey man, you know it's uh... it is intimidating. I'll give it that. His head's so little. Um, is that uh, his, so? If you spin him around and you look at the vats on the back of his tank, is that what your airbrush tanks look like? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I actually i have I have eight of them that I pull mm-hmm. out kind of as as needed. Um, okay. I'll, I'll probably have to get some more when I get the second airbrush though, because <laughs> that's so that'll, cool. That'll be a problem. I think it is. It is cool. I do like the samurai esque aesthetics to it. That is pretty cool. Yeah, the blades of corn are cool because they they traverse both um, Age of Sigmar and 40k. Oh, that's so there's a cool. lot of models that can switch back and forth. I like that. Um, obviously, this guy isn't going to be in Age of Sigmar. There's no real like Gatling guns coming out of people's stomachs. <laughs> so 
So how big is he in relation to a standard model? Like, does the head of a normal... There you oh go. God. That is, that is oh a normal-sized die. And that is the blade okay. of corn. So uh, he's actually yeah. bigger than I thought. I thought maybe a uh, regular mini would like come up to the top of his gun turret or something, but nope. No. no. <laughs> There's a reason why it's $160. Uh, I see that now. Yeah, you can ride it. <laughs> it's like you the could. size of one of those... like kitty riser outside the grocery store that you put 25 cents in <laughs> oh that like that like yeah like, like the horse horrible. but it's a giant yeah. tank <laughs> yeah he's six inches tall and seven inches long damn that's a subway sandwich on the table <laughs> oh yeah here's my army jerry that's jared yeah. <laughs> dude if i had that giant tank dude i would name him jared for sure he'd be the only guy in my army Oh, there's a new um, a solo module for uh, uh, champions. Oh, cool. It's unofficial. It's community written. It's, it's good. Um, it's not the best solo game in the world, but it, it is good. Well, that game's not really designed for solo, so the fact that they have a thing is pretty neat. Or does it just not? Oh, well, yeah, but there's enough out? components, you know. Oh, yeah, I got you. The, the, the biggest problem with it is, like, scaling it. It, to to me, that game doesn't work at two player, and you really have to play it at three or four. You know, mm-hmm. and when you're racing against a single computer, it just doesn't it doesn't feel great. I did I did really really enjoy how you automate decisions. So basically, there's there's like different types of players that you can play against, and there's like a listing of this is what they're going to go after, and every turn you'll roll a number of dice equal to the number of units that they have. Okay. And then you'll do the dice in an ascending order. So, you know, basically what number they roll will determine what spot they went to. If that spot's not available, they'll go to the next one down. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those tough things that, you know, it's not like an Automa that's like in a Stonemire game, right? Right. But it is an interesting implementation of it. And, and, and I think that with some tweaking, it could be really, really good. It's just not there just quite yet. As you know, my thoughts on solo games I, i'm very particular like i am about everything else in life when it comes to like me having to like calculate and move the bad guys i'm just like i don't want to do this how about you guys just give up and win and, <laughs> and that's so you're saying you wouldn't play Warcry by yourself i don't think so i you know what would happen okay steven if i played Warcry, like mm-hmm. you know where it's just me versus me somehow we would both lose me and the other chris like somehow i'd lose both sides i don't know how I don't know how, but it would happen. That'd be insane. You'd have to try. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you know what I want you to do? I want you to play War Chest solo. That would not be good. But, you know, I was playing over the weekend, which we'll discuss a little later, some stuff on Tabletopia, which I imagine is similar in ways to Tabletop Simulator. And War Chest would be a really easy one to do. That sounds like it would be fun. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Because there are some games that I've played virtually that I'm like, there's just so many things I'm hitting and shifting around that I don't think I'd ever be able to get used to this. So you so you played Tabletopia for the first time. What what did you think? Um it was okay. Um I'm going to before we get into the, into that stuff I did over the weekend, uh last thing I want to mention here is the uh we had our second RPG night last week playing the Fate Accelerate system and I thought it went really well. Uh, I'm still trying to get the system under control cuz the rules are very vague. I think on purpose, but players all seem to have a good time. If you guys have not checked out our uh, RPG nights, they're going to be the first week or the first Friday of every month 
Uh, we're going to have a little one shot and you can check out our schedule for more information on that. Uh, but I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it was super cool. I think all the players really enjoyed it. Most of those players had played together before, but none of those players had played fate together before. Yeah. So they've all played together, but never as a like, No one's played with, with EB before he was, he was new to the group. Right. So they, they are used to each other in that sense and they all get along, which is good. Um, but it was pretty cool. Um, how they came up with weird ideas. And that's what I like about the system is a lot of it's improv and just sort of made up on the fly. So you end up, you right. all end up somewhere where you didn't expect to be. Um, I just right. need to get right. the clunk out of the combat. And I think eventually one, one day it'll be perfect. <laughs> Every time you'll move bad. on. Yeah. And then I'll move on. Uh, I, I was actually talking to them. I'm like, I'd be interested in checking out some different systems, but I kind of want to just get this one under my belt first. Otherwise yeah. I'll end up confusing myself doing a lot of uh, uh, research into the, the new edition of the Age of Sigmar RPG. Okay. It's interesting how, like, how many different types of systems that you can have. Even, even just, like, D20-based systems, they can all be so drastically different, right? Got it. This one, while it, it definitely reminded me of D&D, it's not, like, like you're not making skill-based checks, right? It's, it, like, you don't have skills. It's just, like, here are your stats. Mm-hmm you'll determine what, like, obviously swimming is strength, right? But, but your game master might decide, you know, hey, this, this actually falls under this stat instead of this skill. Not to get too deep into it, but, like, the reforging of, like, Stormcast Eternals, like, actually affects, like, kind of who you are. So the whole idea is, like, every time you reforge, you lose part of yourself. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. So the more you're reforged, the, or the less of a person you become, right? You might, like, go insane or you might lose some some strength or some some cleverness right okay kind of interesting how it interacts with all that and then of course you know you, you can every race in the age of sigmar world is a part of uh, the book which is kind of cool oh so. that is cool i like the idea of like kind of losing some humanity each time you respawn or re what do you call it gear 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 reforge. up reforge <laughs> gear up gear up i like gear up that is cool. That that does sound really neat. Uh, and that's something I would be interested in because I really like the artwork of the Warhammer stuff. And to get more into the lore sounds like it would be up my alley. Um, because yeah. as uh, maybe I just don't have enough experience. But from my observing of miniature heavy games, it's very tactical. And uh, it just seems like it would be a lot of, a lot of brain power for, for me to handle. <laughs> I don't think it's as tactical as you think it is. Okay. I mean, I'm always down to try something. Don't get me wrong. It's just like magic, right? Like, you can dive as deep down as you want to oh, go, okay. right? If I you want to get down to, like, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm playing against this guy who's got this army. I need to switch my army up to do this. Like, you mm-hmm. can get into that kind of stuff. But even at the base of it, it's really, you've got a unit of dudes. You're going to be moving them to fight another unit of dudes. And then you're rolling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that does sound pretty fun. I, I, I'd love to check it out. Um, that is not a hobby I can devote money to, though, because I know it, it does take some, uh, some price. But they, the miniatures look so cool. Well, and time, too. Time is the biggest sink, you know. Right, right. Speaking of, of minigames, not to get down that rabbit hole, but there's this 3D sculptor. His name is Epic and Stuffs. Oh, right, right. I remember <laughs> you mentioned this guy. So he's got a bunch of really, really cool uh, minis. Uh, these are all his, his minis. Uh-huh. And one of my friend groups has fallen in love with these shroomies. Oh my gosh, those guys look awesome! Oh, that's um, so cute. So, so we're all we're all making 
armies of shroomies and we're coming up with like a war game for them. That's so good. The my favorite shroomy, he looks so grumpy. Is this the same dude who made the like pug and the floaty? Yep. So that's actually up here at the top. Uh where is it? Oh no, that's there that, it is. That, this is the new pug. Oh okay. he's blasting off out of his butt. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. Oh here he is. The shroomy pikeman. Oh, uh, yeah, he's not. Look how angry anything. he looks. Yeah, he's not taking anything. You're not getting past him. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. That's a grumpy ass mushroom right there. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That is awesome. Yeah, so really cool. And God, this this guy's such a talented sculptor. You know, he's got a bunch of really, you know, really cool, like kind of big, chunky fantasy minis. But then he also does, you know, weird things. Like he's got, uh, he's got a toilet paper carrier. For like the pandemic, oh, you know, toilet okay. paper we're out Got thing. It. Is that a wrapped up gelatinous cube? Yes, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, he's he has a bunch of really really. Oh, there's the the pug and the yeah. There floating. he is. There he is. Um, there's also a pug in a tub. Pug in a tub. So yeah, re- really cool guy. Um, really cool stuff. It is his real name is Lance. Hoping to have him on for a a paint night at some point. But yeah, that would he, be awesome. Man, he he does some amazing. Min- Look at this. Look at this dude. A dwarf with a snow cone. <laughs> <That's so laughs> Getting ready to go to the beach. Yeah, he's got a beach I mean, ball and all, I think. So yeah. how, do, how are these things created? Does he sculpt these like by hand? Is, are they done on the computer? Or how is this? How are these? Because these are 3D for 3D printing, right? Yep, yep. So he, he digitally sculpts all of this. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know what software he uses, but um, you can use things like Blender to kind of sculpt your own model. Sure. It, it's just like a, imagine like a, it's a 3d art yeah no i mean thousands of years ago i messed with like blender and maya and stuff like that um i just wasn't sure whether this was something like that he made by hand and scanned in some way or if it was made all on the computer because how cool would it be to make use a mouse click some shit and then print out that oh that's amazing we live in the future it's amazing dude and and the the other crazy thing too is like all of his different kind of races have like a, a unique style to them Right, which mm-hmm. which I really really enjoy. Sure, obviously, like the mushrooms, right? They all have a similar look, you know. But then, like the dwarves are kind of these like big, stout, chunky guys. Mm-hmm. And then his his monsters are <sighs> his monsters are just gorgeous. oh, that's so cool. I mean, and it's like it's like that like semi cartoony look. Yep, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, it does. It's it's almost like Warcraft adjacent kind of idea. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, the the Ninja Turtles are just. <gasps> Oh my god, those are so right. cool. Where's uh yeah, there he is. There he is. Oh. You want penicillin on your pizza? That's so cool. I like that a lot. So right. I'm gonna have to edit out this part for the podcast because it's really just me gasping randomly. <laughs> <laughs> but I am really enjoying seeing that artwork. Very cool. Yeah, uh. he's he's a cool guy. So anywho, so there might be a table hops backed <laughs> mushroom game coming soon that sounds great we'll have to come up with a name something to do with fungi so i think one one of the names we're we're throwing around is uh morals without morals okay i like it i like it you need to have a tagline like it grows on you or something like that right (laughs) right yeah that'd be good that'd be good Uh, let's talk about rencon let's do it so uh i participated this weekend in my first online um virtual convention um, never done anything like that before. It was pretty cool. So you, you'd never, you'd never played digital board games before, right? I mean, just with you. Well, well, like you've never played like a tabletopia type thing. 
I've messed with it when I installed it, but I hadn't played it um, like with people. Does that make sense? Okay. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. messed with the software, really just trying to flip a table, and then I uh, <laughs> just went on from there. Um, but yeah, this is the first time interacting with the with the tools in an actual play setting. But yeah, so I played uh, a bunch of different games, mainly RPGs, because that's kind of my jam right now. But I did play a few demos using Tabletopia, um, which I'll talk about those first. Um, I played a game called Warp's Edge, which is a um, it's actually a solo game. And I didn't realize it till I was in it to win it. (laughs) Right. I just I just uh, I kind of glanced over the offerings they had and I looked to see what holes I had in my schedule and signed up for those. But Warped Edge is actually pretty fun. It's very much like an analog Galaga, if that makes sense. So, like, you're a little spaceship, and you're shooting down enemy spaceships that come in lines as you're trying to blow up the mothership at the end of the level, basically. Oh, interesting. And if you defeat the... Uh, yeah, you have to defeat the um, the mothership to win. I won. First first one to win, so that was pretty cool. Uh, you have it. So, when you play, you have a ship, and different ships have different abilities, and you have a bag of tokens and you just mm-hmm. draw tokens out and then you have to place the tokens and decide how you're going to utilize them. And you can either try and blow ships up or you can try and outmaneuver them in some way, but you have to clear the ships to make way to the mothership. Uh, and if you don't spend your tokens wisely, you end up taking damage and you can lose. So it's a, it's a, it's a bag building, uh, token drawing and placing game where you're just trying to survive to the end. Gotcha. It was fun. Cool. I don't think it's something I would pick up in real life just because this, the, the game just comes in with enough for one person. We, I know it's a solo game, but it'd be cool to have like two sets. So like you could like have someone sitting across the table from you doing the same thing. I don't know, but that's just like racing or something. Yeah. Like you can have a timed race. We, we played with four different people and you all play just at the same time. Right. Um, so that was pretty neat. Uh, so, so let me explain to you my, uh, my first Tabletopia game, what it was like. So if you imagine me sitting okay. at the table and he's like, all right, pick up your cards or pick up the first card and flip it over. And I proceed to pick up the entire deck of cards and flip the whole thing over. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 just the top card. I'm like, oh, and then they're all spread all over the table. And he's like, now take that token and put it in your bag. So I take the token and I drop it, but it just lands on top of the closed bag. <laughs> and it's just sitting there. And he's like, God. Oh eventually i got it eventually i got it but um it is very much like playing a board game with chopsticks like <laughs> right like right flip yeah i find um tts is very similar the first time you're in there it takes a little bit to like kind of learn the ropes but once you're once you have it like right. it's and and again it depends on the game like i played um a game called space battle lunchtime which is a really cute fun game and it's just cards so you have a hand of cards and you're playing stuff down um so that on tabletopia was was easy Mm -hmm. uh, because there's no board and putting the things in there and like moving different things but uh that game is super fun uh you're a chef who has to collect ingredients to create dishes for these intergalactic space food judges Uh, and you're just trying to earn points uh using that and it, it it sounds super silly and cute which it is uh but there is a little bit of strategy involved because you have to be exact with your ingredients. Otherwise, you don't get as many points. Like, if you go over by too many spicy parts, then you, you don't get the points, <laughs> etc. Um, so you have, a, like, a hand management thing where you can either play or draw, and there's, like, a bank of cards you can draw from while other people are doing their thing. And uh, 
yeah, it was cute. That is a game I would definitely like. It's a nice little filler game. Uh, artwork's right. super cool looking too. So I did enjoy that. They had a couple other games, but they were a little more puzzly, and I, I honestly didn't, they didn't uh, catch my interest. But those are the two I played on Tabletopia. There was a little bit of a learning curve, but once I got it, I can understand why people would like it. I was a little disappointed that they weren't demoing Athenium. Yeah, they only had four demo games, and I'm trying to remember what they all were, but uh, they did have a Raiders tournament. Uh, I did check that out on uh, Twitch. That game looks pretty like it would be okay on Tabletopia. I don't know. I, 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 between that and the digital, like the digital version, I'd probably go with the digital version. But well, sure, it does all the work for you. It does all the work for you. I played a ton of different RPGs. So the, the interesting thing is I feel like the number, and I guess this is to be expected, but the number one problem with the con that I could see was just tech support. Like just people with tech problems. Like the first, I would say in my like four hour RPG section, the first 30 minutes were just getting people to understand how Discord worked. Right. People would like not know how to get onto channels or they wouldn't know how to set up their microphone or they didn't understand that you had to be in specific channels within the server. And so it was just a lot of like, even though they have videos and like how to guides on their website, no one reads them. So they just come to this and they don't know what they're doing. Right. Exactly. (laughs) My favorite part was we're sitting in the, uh, the lobby before the RPG section. And this dude, uh, comes in on this, on the voice chat really loud. like, I'm, here for the panel. Where are am I? <laughs> and the host is like, uh, um, sir, uh, sir, this is an RPG thing. He's like, I hear a man talking, but I don't know where he is. <laughs> and I'm like, he's on the internet. <laughs> but uh, sir, can you please uh, move your mouse to the bottom of it? It's like, and then you hear his wife in the back. I guess it's his wife saying, honey, he's telling you what to do. Listen, listen to that voice and move the mouse. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. It's what I am like to Steven. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of those situations where, you know, so BlurredCon obviously is, has been postponed for this year. Right. And so they're, they're trying to figure out, like, how do we do, like, a virtual thing? And, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Is, like, you can, you can make the best system in the world. But trying to get people to like communicate over a single platform that it, while it is very widely used, mm-hmm. it's not used by like traditional tabletop gamers all that often. Very true. Um, y- yeah. So there was a lot of that. Uh, eventually it was okay. There was a lot of issues also with the presenters and not blaming the presenters because they're all in a different situation, but like they would try and stream their view of the Tabletopia screen so we could see from their perspective what they're pointing at. Otherwise, you just see this yellow hand flying around that's not pointing at anything. Um, But they would always have like flickery screens or like just saying, oops, the stream's not working. There's just a lot of tech problems. The other Uh, problem with that too is like a lot of people don't have dual monitors. Very true. Uh, So I don't know what the solution is there. They did what they did and I think it was, um, I I would count it as a success. They also had a lot of disconnect between like, at first they were very adamant about using Roll20 for the voice chat. Mm -hmm. And then once they realized it doesn't work at all, (laughs) then they switched and made backup servers in the Discord for that. But then you have another issue where people are like, I'm logged into Roll20, I don't hear anybody. Well, now you got to get off that and then go onto the Discord server and yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 they were the first big one, right? Yeah. 
you know, and, the, and then of course, um, you know, Gen Con online. Sure. So. Uh, they opened up for registration, didn't they? Yep. Registration's yeah. open. Cool. Are they charging yeah. for these online iterations or? So the, f- there's a free badge. Okay. And then there's like different levels that you can get to get like, you know, swag or, a, you know, okay. a, a, yeah, that makes sense. Like a gift bag and that kind of stuff. So, but the, the, the base version is free. Okay. Supposedly they're, they're doing some way to like have vendors in, in, in their okay. situation. So be interesting to see how they, how they do that. There was, there was that mini painting convention that I did online a couple weeks ago. And they, the way they handled vendors is basically the vendors had a channel in discord and then you could pop in there, you know, and like see, like they would have like their wares available and then you could, you could place orders from there. How, yeah. how did they have, like, do they just have links in a text channel or something like that? Or was it like a, they had, they had images and it was like, you know, here, you know, here's this product, here's this product, et cetera. Got it. Some of them were doing like live sales. So like they do like, you know, uh, tonight at seven we're doing a live sale of x y and z you know oh that's pretty um, cool so people would come in and like see it in in, in person so well in person in quotation marks. right exactly yeah um and and i think that's that's another thing i was mentioning is let's say i, I understand this was the first time they did it i think they did a fantastic job however if i had paid full price for like the con entrance and then that was the sort of quality of the presentation i would be a little disappointed right uh, just because they have so many bugs to work out before they continue this uh, in a full situation. Even their presenters, which all their panels were on Twitch, and when they switched from like the, M- I guess she's basically the MC or just the one in char- like the media coordinator or whatever, switched to the people, mm-hmm. there would be audio issues or video wouldn't come through. It's it just little things, you know, uh, to be expected, but there's iron, there's wrinkles that need to be ironed out. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest problem with that kind of thing is just where people, you know, they they think, oh, we can one man bandit, you know, yeah, and exactly. when you look at like somebody like Pax, right, who Pax has been doing all their panels online for basically since inception, you mm-hmm. know, but they have a production crew that runs it. True. Like you, your host cannot be the same person doing production at, at something of that level. Very you know? true. And, and all the presenters were from their homes, so there is that too. Well, I think being at home is fine. It's just like you have the same problem on RPG night, right? Sure, RPG sure night when you're trying to like deal with tech issues, also deal with the stream. It's like it's a lot. It's right? a lot. It is. And and especially in a situation where you're, you know, you're you're handing off between panels or you're like answering questions and doing promos and all that, it becomes an issue where I'm now involved in this in keeping the audience happy. I can't deal with my yeah. the, the the panelists who are coming up who have problems, mm-hmm. right? It does take a village. Yeah, exactly. That being said, though, no, no knocking on it. It was a great time, and I think they did the best they could. I just think sure. we're still, as just a, a community, like we're just trying to figure out how to implement these digital um, or these uh, virtual conventions. But for the yep. first time, could have been worse. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but that being said, uh, at the virtual con, I, had some, I did have some really good online RPG experiences. Uh, that is definitely something that I'm, you know, getting more into is this online RPGs. Mm -hmm. I still don't love them as much as, you know, in person, but it is, it is, uh, surprisingly fun. Like I, I, I consider them to be pretty close at this point, but the, I played three different RPGs, um, Outbreak Undead, Kids on Bikes and Overlight. 
Okay. All of them are exceptionally different from each other. Outbreak Undead, the whole premise, of course, is an, is an undead outbreak, uh, but you can make yourself as a character by answering questions. Mm-hmm. Like, you answer these questions and, oh, it's you. How would you survive in a uh, post-apocalyptic zombie outbreak or whatever? My response was, I die instantly. Like, I wouldn't make it past turn one. <laughs> so let's use right. the pre-made characters, please. And so I was, I played uh, as, like, a, a drunk tank guy who was, like, released from this pol- police station because it was overrun with undead. We were, I was playing with another guy who was playing a, a cop, and my so it's a it's a it's a d hundred base system like a percentile system. Okay. So your skills are going to be like I have a forty percent chance to shoot, right? That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and the zombies have the same thing. So the problem with it was we ended up meeting two zombie two two zombies in a parking lot, and I have a forty percent chance of him hitting or me hitting him, and he has a thirty percent chance of him hitting me. It was like a lot of just slap fighting back and forth where we were just. <laughs> sitting there 20 minutes i missed did you miss yeah i missed too let's do that again Uh, it was just all that kind of stuff so i feel like it's um and it's a lot of math because you have like different items that give you different abilities and then like later on i had a i had like a um a different weapon like a different type of gun that did different stuff and there are these besides the d hundreds you have these like special printed dice that have like interesting weird symbols on them so that's a whole other like product that you need to get so you're like comparing those symbols it was a it, to me it was more than it needed to be okay for like a survival game uh it's like they took the role-playing aspect of how to move forward in the story but when it came down to the combat it was very board game-esque i don't know if that makes any sense at all meaning it it, it, it felt like it was just rolling dice to roll dice yes it was a lot of that yeah uh and especially the combat dice because like i said they are different d6s with different symbols on them there was one thing I really, really liked about the system, though, and that's the way initiative works. So in this game, you all, including the zombies, state what your action is and then roll to see the turn order. Okay. So I might say, oh, I'm going to go uh, dive for this zombie who's on my buddy. But then by the time my turn comes around, that zombie isn't there anymore. So you need to sort of readjust and you only have like a couple seconds to decide how you're going to do it. Otherwise, you just lose the action you planned. Ooh. So I thought that was pretty cool because it makes it hectic yeah. at that yeah. point. So it's like, I guess it's akin to what I don't know anything about football, but like there's a lot of action and then there's this long lull of everyone starting <laughs> to get back in lines for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that was yeah, that's how I felt football about works. It. it was a very, very number heavy. I felt some cool ideas in it. That was just my experience with it. Okay. And then later on, I played Kids on Bikes, which I probably will say is might be one of my new favorite systems like i just thought it was oh, yeah? everything about it i loved i loved the setting i loved the way the character sheets worked i loved just how easy it was to determine oh if i have a d4 in this skill it's not as good as the skill i have a d20 in it's just quick easy you pick it up right uh the i like how when you fail in the when you fail a test in the game you do get like those uh, i forgot what they're called like they're basically like inspiration points that you can spend on other stuff so even if you fail at something, you are earning these points that you can use to uh, do other uh, activities with, which is pretty neat. Right, right. Uh, it's super narrative-driven, which I love. And um, yeah, I had super fun with it. I, I would like to check out, the, what is it, Teens in Space is another one they have. Uh, and then there's Kids on Brooms. That one doesn't really interest me very much because it's such so Harry Potter-esque. But Teens in Space, they're demoing that too. Unfortunately, I, they had no room for me 
Uh, <laughs> but I did, I did really like Kids on Bikes. And just to toot my own horn, the uh, the game master messaged me later, uh, saying that he really enjoyed playing with me, and that he he didn't say this to anybody else in the other sessions he did, but he he gave me his email address because he wants to do some more R- RPG stuff. So I might hit him up. That's cool. And then the last game I played was uh, Overlight. Overlight, uh, which is a really like I I think the the campaign setting or the the world building in that game is nuts. It, it, it's insane, right? Yeah, I love the whole. So in this in this game, uh, the whole like I guess planet is basically shifted into these different tiers, and there's this overlight that's shooting down on them. And uh, as you get darker and and deeper into the uh, the environments, get more intense, and there's different civilizations that live on each um, of these little island. I don't know shards. I think they're called shards. Shards. Yeah. 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 Uh, love the world building. The world. Uh, I played uh, um, Zotli, so he's like this big giant turkey thing. Loved every minute of it because <laughs> playing <laughs> as a giant turkey is is so good. That casts magic, right? Um, so I played that. The thing I I didn't like about it though was I th- I didn't like the uh, the skill checks in that game. Oh really? Because for oh, really? yeah. I don't, I'm not a guy who likes to like get a whole shit ton of like dice in a pool and just roll a handful of dice and then start counting up. Like, it's just not, I like to roll a die or two and then be like, okay, that's what happens. And now we move on. But with this game, like for a basic perception check or akin to it in like D and D as an example, you have to roll seven dice. Yeah. And, and that, that's, I just, I'm not a big fan of rolling tons of dice. Like I don't see the point of, and then you're like getting, okay, I have to put this attribute with this skill and then get my, my spirit points involved. And for any action, it just seems like it took a long time. I, I didn't like how that was. I did like the magic, though. The magic system's pretty cool. Yeah. Whereas the more successes you get, the better your effect is that you cast. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're someone who loves chucking lots of dice, then this game is for you, for sure. Yeah. In between like the narrative loose game of kids on bikes and then the overly heavy, in my opinion, outbreak undead, this one felt right in the middle. I like this the story, I like the setup. I just felt there was a lot of dice. <laughs> a lot of dice. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of dice, but I, I don't know. I when I played it, I didn't feel like it was super cumbersome. I, I get what you're saying. Cer- certainly and I, I think, you know, seven dice in, in a single roll seem is a is a lot for like a do I see something over there kind right. of thing? But at least when I played, we didn't have a lot of those type of things. Like your your skill checks were very like purposeful, if that if that makes sense. And I think now reflecting on it, it was probably just a GM thing right. because the game master we played with, he's like, every friggin' thing was a roll. Right, yeah. I, I, I'm going to walk three steps. Better roll for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It was not like that at all. It was, when I played at least, it was just very... We were very rarely rolling. Okay. We when, were rolling we, literally we rolled, every it was for second. like a, a large action, you know? Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah we rolled a, a lot. It was, it was, combat was fine. There was a lot of like points in combat where I didn't really know what to do being a giant turkey. <laughs> well, you, you. Yeah. So I just swoop down and use my, one of my skills to fight, but. It just, I don't know. Wait, you swoop down? I'd, I'd swoop down. I could fly. I'm more of like a, like a, what's the word? Those like, like prehistoric like birds. Kind of like, vulture-esque. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I love my character. Big fan. But, um, and and now that you say that, I could see Overlight being a lot more fun if it wasn't a dice 
chucking experience like I had. I think I think if you if the GM comes from like a D&D perspective, right, where you're yeah. like, oh, check for that, check for that. And it's like right. when when we played, it was it was much more I don't want to say loosey goosey, but it, it wasn't it was not strict like you're describing. OK, um, and that must just be a GM thing. The other thing that I felt a little bit and this is probably just me is I had a little pr- trouble getting in character and like getting into the world of the role playing because it's so alien. I mean, they, they do have the, the Harkeen, like the human characters, right? But you're in this foreign world with little teddy bear creatures and vultures. And I'm like, there comes a point where it's hard for me to connect to that the same way I do with like. I get what you're saying. So, so like you, you, you had a hard problem role playing a turkey. Yes. Oh, I got into the turkey. I'll tell you right now. I, I, and I, he, I, I gave him a background where he made matcha tea by like sitting on one side and bring up his other talent to like move the, yeah, I was all into that, but it took me a minute right. to like deal. And then like this little teddy bear thing said that some crazy deer was fighting him. I'm like, dude, I don't know who the hell you are. I don't know if this deer's going to eat me. I'm a turkey. So I didn't really like, <laughs> and that's probably just like not knowing the lore behind it, but I'm just like, it's hard for me to connect to something I don't fully understand. I can see that, right? Like, so many people are just used to, like, we're playing in fantasy, we're playing in futuristic, but we're all just still humanoids. Right. You know? And, and that's, that, that is my one concern with running a Warhammer game, mm-hmm. you know, is that, you know, there's tree people, and there's, there, there's, like, two races that are humanoid. Right. And the rest of them are aliens and shit, so. And I don't even think it's just that. I feel like, if it, okay, if we're all just, like, weird animal creatures but we're in a more stable environment or something, but it's just all aspects of the setting are foreign. So there's nothing to grasp onto. There's nothing that's familiar enough that where I feel comfortable. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's, it's probably tough cool. too to, to do it as a, like a one shot. Right. Like, that's the other thing I think as I, and that's probably one of the fun things about it. Now that I think about it is learning this lore as you play, right? Like you're exploring this world as you're introduced to it. But I think it was the um, I'm probably judging it too harshly based on a one shot. No, I, I think I think your feedback is valid. Right. And and I think that, I mean, getting into the character of a turkey would be hard for anybody unless you <laughs> have experience being a turkey. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> unless you're like, you know, the, the most devout turkey follower, <laughs> you don't know, like, like what a turkey does and like how they interact with the world. Right. Oh, man. But I think, you know, the, the point about dice rolling, I think, is, is fair. You know, if, yeah. I had to, if I had to roll 7d4 for, you know, is there something under this rock? I would, I would murder somebody. <laughs> you know, I think it is a dice collector's dream game, though, because you're mixing up, like, pools of d6s with d10s and, and then your d4 spirit dice. And, like, you get to roll all your shiny math rocks. You yeah, know, you get to do exactly. all of that. And and the dice that you can purchase for Overlight are like these prismatic, super beautiful rainbowy dice. So yes, oh, they're gorgeous. If you're a they're if so you're a pretty. dice fan, check out this game because it's all about it's oh, all yeah. what you're looking at. I uh, I enjoyed the panels I attended. There were some really interesting um, authors and game designers that were discussing things on there. Uh, they did it differently, and it makes sense. They did it the same way a regular panel is at a con, where you basically watch the presentation and they ignore the chat completely, and then the last ten minutes they do a Q and A. Right. And the Q&A is the the moderator who, bless her heart, the one who's running like all the stuff that we just talked about. She's also going right. to that and picking out the questions that she's going to ask the author or the, the presenters. And I'm like, man, you're doing it all. You're doing it all. Yeah. One man band. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed my time. I'm interested in checking out more of these digital. I, I was hesitant 
but you know, I took the step to just try it because I didn't have to right. go anywhere. <laughs> so right. I'm like, I might as well just, you know, do it. Uh, I do want to do more of these kind of things because I thought it was fun. Yeah, have to run our own. We can. Well, that's our community game night, kind of. Have you seen the Judge Dread RPG by Warlord Games? I think I remember seeing this a while ago, Spencer. Is it based on the Stallone, like the old school Judge Dread or, or the comics and stuff? Not, not the it's, reboot. It's the comic, yeah. Okay, cool. I think I remember seeing like a demo of this at Gen Con last year. I am the law. Oh, God, those models do look sweet. Yeah, those models look cool. Um, it looks more board gaming I'm, than RPG-esque to me, but maybe that's just... Yeah, it looks... Like. It reminds me a lot of, like, Zombicide meets Infinity. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I like the cycle. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> um, I have a hard time with... Uh, I, I have a, a uh, bad history with Warlord. Uh, Chris, you, you may not understand this, but... There's a lot of things I don't. Warlord makes the uh, old man war games. They make bolt action. Okay. Okay. Yep. That looks very mid-90s. They make black powder. Okay. Is that like a pirate game? Uh, no, it's like, it's like oh, 1700s. Uh, okay, colonial Musket it. men. Got it. They make pike and shot. They do a lot of old man games. And, oh, Hail Caesar, which... Oh, look I at mean, that. These yeah. look like those, those like, made-for-kids library books that teach you about history that are in the school library. Right. And, I mean, look, like, nothing... nothing look, if, that, if that's your jam, that's your jam. But I'm just saying that, <laughs> like, these games are... Like, you, like you were talking about with Overlight, mm -hmm. these games are complicated to be complicated. To be complicated, yep. Like, it makes sake. no sense. <laughs> And and when you're managing an army of dudes uh -huh. who every single every single miniature is different. Oh god. It, I would lose my yeah. mind. It's insane. Judge Dredd, what a random IP to have an RPG. Well, I guess it could work. I really like the Stallone movie much more than the reboot, but that's probably a different discussion entirely. Glad to hear that Rencon was was a success. Yeah. Um I enjoyed it very much. I don't know about Gen Con yet. I think it's to be really determined about the event schedule that comes out and kind of what's what's there i mean i can i can only imagine that it's going to be insane trying to get into events for gen con i can see that because it's free and open to everybody i mean it's hard enough getting it physically right yeah <laughs> m much less virtually so um, so with the rencon stuff i signed up for slots because i didn't really know what the turnout would be and there mm -hmm. was a lot of people that didn't show up and like the the moderators would do this the same thing they do in the real life ones like hey we got two open spots here we're gonna start in five minutes please jump in and take a seat right um so there right. was tons of that well that's it <laughs> what do we got coming up steven let's see uh for our twitch uh audience this week we've got uh paint night on thursday mm -hmm. uh tomorrow wednesday we've got uh is it salt marsh tomorrow yeah part two of our salt marsh finale uh we this is a sort of a standalone story we're telling for D D, uh and then just sort of testing it out so when we do a, a full-on campaign we'll be ready for twitch and then uh friday uh we've got a little something special planned for you uh, it will not be a community game night but we hope that you guys will still come out and hang out with us we're gonna have a game night where chris loses at everything oh it's not going to be much different, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to try something a little bit different uh, for, for Friday game night um, kind of going forward where we're going to mix it up and kind of do um, 
some community games and some kind of uh, pre-planned, maybe longer games um, for for you guys to to enjoy. So check us out on Friday. We've got a bunch of really cool stuff planned. Yes, um, yes. So It'll Friday at seven. I hope you'll you'll hang out. And then um, at some point this week, there's going to be uh, a hobby hangout. I don't know when. It might be Sunday morning. I've got a bunch of stuff I need to build. Oh, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna be putting those together on stream and just kind of hanging out and hopefully everybody can get some hobby time during that time. Yeah, a so. bonus stream over the weekend. So that's it. I Chris, do you have do you have anything else going on in your life? Uh besides uh drinking beer and playing role playing games and board games online? Nope. <laughs> okay. Good. That's it. Good. Yeah. Um, but Good. yeah, uh, check us out on Thursday and Friday and uh, keep your eye on our social media as we uh, just continue what we do and refine it yeah. for your viewing pleasure. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. Greatly appreciate it. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to visit us at tablehopspodcast.com, leave us an iTunes review, or visit us on social media at Table House Podcast. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and email us your feedback and questions to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, good beers, good games, great times! times.